we're lied to and we believe the lie that he's going to punish us, that we're going to be even more miserable if we come to him repent. No, he's going to rejoice and he's going to bring others. Hey, let's rejoice for my son who was lost has come back. The minute that I repented and asked forgiveness, it was immediate. I felt and sensed the freedom in the Lord of God's truth coming into me and dwelling within me set me on a completely different trajectory in my life. In today's show, we look at a third picture of God's mercy. Have you ever done something really bad and you knew you deserved punishment, but instead you were lavished with love? This week, we'll look at Luke 15 to show that the Father in heaven is not only willing to forgive, he's lavish in his forgiveness. We'll discover the amazing truth that when we truly repent, he never condemns us. He welcomes us, covers us, and rejoices that we've come home to him. Thanks for joining us for yet another picture of mercy in our series, Victory on Purity for Life. Okay, so one day Jesus was accused of being a friend of sinners. And it's like the religious people of his day, they just couldn't comprehend that he, who was claiming to be holy, could actually associate with people who were so clearly sinful. And so in response to them, he told three stories. A shepherd who went looking for a lost sheep, a woman who looked everywhere for a lost coin, and a father who overflowed with love and forgiveness toward a very wayward son. And these three stories were meant to reveal the heart of God who is actively looking for sinners and then overflowing with joy when they're found. So Skip, Patrick, and Jordan, I brought you guys in today because what we want to do is we want to look at our own stories, and then the stories of some people that we've ministered to, to show that God really is like this. He is actively pursuing us, and then he really is full of joy when we do come back to him in our Father's house. So I wonder if we could just start off maybe by talking about how we can see in hindsight that God was actively pursuing us even before we were reconciled to him. Yeah, I think I just share, actually shared this in a Thursday night service recently, um, where I, looking back, I could see God's hand of mercy in his pursuit of me, but in the moment, all I saw was God's hand of judgment, I guess, in some ways. I pursued my homosexual sin for decades, and throughout that time, God was pursuing me and actively pursuing me in his mercy. And I, I, in 1983, I was arrested uh, for solicitation, again in 1988. And one of those times, I, I actually started counseling. So there was kind of a brief recognition of God's pursuit and that maybe, oh yeah, maybe I need to change, um, but then quickly went back into my sin. And then um, I've lost two jobs because of my sexual uh-huh, sin, uh-huh. and one being on staff at my church. And 
sure there's going to be consequences. And I guess that's how I always looked at it is these are consequences for my sin. You know, the Lord's punishing me. But in reflection, Mm -hmm. he was trying to get my attention. In his Mm -hmm. mercy, he was like, listen, hey, you know, you're going down a very, very dangerous path. And I love you and I care about you and I want to be in relationship with you. So I'm putting these roadblocks Mm -hmm. in your way as a way of saying hello you know, here I am, I'm available, you know, search your heart. And I, up until the last time, which was when I got um, released from my church and ended up at Pure Life, the other three times I always fell back in my sin. So Mm -hmm. I did not see God's Uh mercy in that, but I did, uh, in reflection, he was pursuing me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I can definitely identify with the roadblocks you know, looking back, it was crossroad after crossroad after crossroad. Um, and I always thought in the back of my mind, why is he being so kind to me? And I remember my parents, <laughs> the Lord would use my parents so much um, in their kindness, going to them after I would confess my sin or, hey, I had another HIV test. And they'd say, OK, we're just going to pray. And I remember every time the test results would come back, the first thing my mom would say was, glory to God. Is this his kindness leading you to repentance? Are you going to respond? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you say yes, but then your actions in your heart right, do right, something right. different. And yeah. so, you know, you, like you were saying, Jordan, like you go back and you think like, great, I'm not going to go back that far into it mm-hmm. again or you know, I'm going to turn at some point, but <laughs> the three years prior to coming to Pure Life, it was the same cycle over and over. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see that as him pursuing me um, until, you know, I came to Pure Life. Mm. Yeah, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about how just from my relationship with the Lord in high school was, and then choosing sexual sin again and again was choosing to disobey him. And there's a marker in my mind when I chose to date um, the girl who became my fiance in college that I knew that God did not want me to date her, and I just did it anyway. And so three years later in our relationship, I'm cheating on her uh, online, and that comes out, and that cost me that relationship. And that was just incredibly devastating. It was I had to look at the consequences of my sin really for the first time. And it was painful. I, I don't think I could get out of bed that day. Mm-hmm. And that should have humbled me. That was the mm-hmm. Lord coming to me. But mm-hmm. instead I just kind of picked myself up and got worse and said, mm-hmm. No, I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna I look good and I tried to cover all that stuff up because I was afraid of it. I was afraid of facing the reality. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't till it got worse six, seven years later that I ended up coming here. But I I guess it's I look back at that time and see that was the first time he had called out and said, I want you back. But I didn't listen, and it took another seven years Mm -hmm. until Mm -hmm. he could get a hold of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for myself, I think the thing that stands out the most to me is how at specific points, God, I don't want to say he made up my mind for me, but it, looking back in retrospect, it seems that way, 
when I was 10, I chose uh, to play soccer instead of baseball. And when I went to college, I chose a college because they had a really good soccer team. And at college, I met the girl who became my fiance. And because I met her, I met the guy who eventually confronted me in my sin. Mm the only person who had ever really confronted me in my sin. And so I look back and I see that even when I was 10, before I'd ever gotten into sin, God was already pursuing me. Mm-hmm. He was already saying, I know what you're going to get into, and I'm already making a way for mm-hmm. you to come out. And it's just, it's amazing because we hear all of, you know, in each of our four stories, we see that God has all of these different ways of pursuing us. Mm-hmm. And we see that he is actively pursuing us. When you read Luke 15 and you read the parable of the sheep and the parable of the coin and the parable of the of the prodigal son, what is it that stands out to you guys about the character of God? I think for me what stood out is that each of the lost objects weren't really looking for God. Mm. Um, they were the ones who had intention to do what they wanted to do mm-hmm. and maybe even had the notion to stay lost. <laughs> and so it says to me that God pursues, like he really wants who he calls his sons and daughters to be his sons and daughters. Mm. And it just reminds me like, you know, the scripture that talks about, you know, we're dead in our sin. That's when Christ died for us. It's like at that point, it's like, in my own life, I that's the same thing that I did. You know, I wanted to stay lost. I wanted mm-hmm. my sin. I loved my sin. And it took himself to come and find me. It was kind of the opposite, you know, just thinking about it. Like whenever I tried to search for God, it seemed like everything came to ruin because I was trying to find a different avenue and door to him. Mm-hmm. But when mm-hmm. I turned away and just did my own thing, that's when he came. Yeah, I mean, looking at that... That, that particular chapter, it's like it was him who did the pursuing. You know, it yeah. was him who, mm-hmm. yeah, it's almost like you can't be embarrassed in that place because you're naked and exposed before him. Yeah, and I think that like the same same thing, he was pursuing me even though I was just totally going the opposite direction and kind of like what you were talking about, Nate, when I – finally was confronted the second time three months before I came to Pure Life, I was still doing the same thing I did before. Uh You know, I lost my job and I started trying to find a new one. And my pastor is putting Pure Life in front of me and I was applying for jobs and I was going, you know, still going out and partying with people and all this stuff. Mm. But somehow in that time period, three months later, I ended up at Pure Life that time. It was, you know, I just kept somehow applying and doing the interview and all that stuff. And I look back and it's not anything I did. It was mm-hmm. all him just pulling me the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I look at <clears throat> the three different vignettes in that parable, the thing that really stands out, and I think we're actually going to talk about it in a bit, but it's verse 6 where it says, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which is lost. And then when uh, the woman found the coin, she gets her friends and neighbors and says, Rejoice with me, I've found the peace which is lost. And then the father says to his servants, Bring out the best robe, put it on him, 
put a ring on his hand, his sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here. Kill it and let us eat and be merry. For my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. And I never, when I viewed um, bringing my filth before the Lord, Mm. I never pictured a God that would respond in that way. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It was always, and maybe that's why in some respects I... I didn't want to come to him because I didn't see the Lord rightly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I only saw him as, as as a God of judgment, a God of, well, he is a God of judgment, but you know what I mean, like harsh taskmaster, mm-hmm. a God who's going to punish me. And so when I read this, I'm like, it's exact, he's the exact opposite. His character is exact opposite of what we think of when we're in our sin. It's, Satan has such a hold on us that he's able to, to deceive us to think that God is not doesn't display the characteristics that that He has, mm-hmm. and we're lied to, and we believe the lie that He's going to punish us, that we're going to be even more miserable if we confess, if we come to Him, repent, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and and that's here. It just says over and over, no. We, He's going to rejoice, and he's going to bring others, angels in heaven, whoever, saints, all going to, hey, let's rejoice for my son who was lost has come back. And that's just Mm -hmm. such a beautiful picture of who Jesus is. Yeah. And even what you were saying about the the ways in which he stands in front of us, and we see it as judgment— Mm. Pastor Jeff in last week's podcast was talking about how Hosea was a contemporary of Amos. Mm. And if you read Amos, terrifying. I mean, the man, there's there's almost no comfort in that book. Mm-hmm. But we have to always remember that he sent Hosea along with Amos. So you've got on the one hand this incredible message of judgment. But so that we won't misinterpret that, he sends Hosea, who is just like radical, self-sacrificing love. Mm. You know, and it's just, it's amazing. I, I never saw that before. Mm. It's, it's almost like those messages of judgment are to say to us, this is what it will be like if you mm. don't respond to my kindness. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But right now is the day of kindness. Today is the day where you can turn, and I'm just going <laughs> to lavish you. Yeah, and I think mm. what you're saying is when we are, like when I was arrested, when I was lost my jobs, that is actually not God's judgment. Mm. Does that make mm. sense? It's his pursuit. It's mm. his kindness yeah. not giving me what I deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Death, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Forever separation. He's going, no, I'm giving you opportunity Wake up, Jordan. Wake up. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. That isn't judgment. That's consequence. There's consequence, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but not mm-hmm. final judgment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if we get outside of ourselves, mercy to the people that we were hurting in our lives. You know, oh, yeah, I lost good. my relationship with my fiance, but she was saved from my continual mm-hmm. cheating mm-hmm. on her. Yeah. 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 And I think that that. That really transitions into something else that I wanted to talk about because these parables show that there is zero reluctance in God's heart to forgive, right? There's no 
hesitation. Mm-hmm. A person who's hesitant to forgive doesn't throw a party the minute he finds what he's looking for. He that the prodigal son comes home and the father goes, you know, hands folded across the chest and goes, "All right, well, yep, you blew it and okay, so you're on probation and I'm going to find you a job yeah. and you can start to pay back what you owe me and we'll see how it goes, you know, for the next couple of years and then if you do well, then we'll do this and that." There's there's none of that. It's just full free forgiveness. Hmm. Yeah, I I just want you guys to talk about that as well. Oh, man. Yeah. I think about my time actually in the program when um, I was confronted um, with sin and I started to open up about what was going on inside of my heart. And I had that resistance to say, I don't know if I'm going to actually be forgiven. Like this is going to be painful. It's going to be something Mm. I've never done before um, because of that image, because of that self-protection, because of that untrust in the Lord, because I had a a lot of trust in man, and sometimes man doesn't have the right response as the Lord would, Mm. and so my worldview was shaped by how man's dealings with me was going to be. And I remember a particular night when I was confronted, and I had the option in my heart, I'm just going to leave, go back to my sin, I'm going to pursue it, or... Lord, show me how to repent. Like, and if this is what you want me to do, I'm going to tell my sin. I'm going to trust you. And when I did that, it was like not just my joy was restored to me, but I also sensed his joy. Mm. And I realized that oh, okay, this is the God of the Bible. Like, he is compassionate. He is slow to anger. He is a forgiving God. And it's almost like that has been imprinted onto my heart because every time now that I have to ask for forgiveness, I can trust that this is who he is. He's going Mm. to forgive. He is a Mm. forgiving God. He's Mm. not a person who shuns or he's not one to push me outside of the camp. And it makes me humbled, you Mm. know, to know that, he is that God who does that. He is who my parents always said he was to be. I don't have to hang on the coattails of their forgiveness, you know, mm. or who they say he is. You know, he showed me that, man, it's my eyes were open to that forgiveness, to, wow. you know, to what yeah. he, <laughs> yeah, to who he really is. You know, it, it makes you so broken, you know, and when you have spent years trying to have that sense of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. You can't muster it up, you know, Mm -hmm. enough. You can't strive enough to do it. And he does it in a moment, and you know it. You you just know it. I think for me, you know, it goes back, and I've shared this uh, several times, but when I, that realization coming out of Ken's office that I was my biggest idol, and then having to come to the Lord and repent and ask Mm. for forgiveness and... Mm. knowing that I had to do that. But what happened afterwards was amazing. You know, it was just, I was set free. Mm -hmm. There was freedom, you know, and that was what was so unexpected. It's just like, you know, we think we're going to be in bondage. I don't know what I was thinking. You know, you think you're going to be in bondage to the Lord, that it's going to be a bunch of, you know, whatever I was thinking at that point. 
well, it was just the death, you know, I mm-hmm. wanted to hold on to my life was mm-hmm. what it really was. But the minute that I repented and asked forgiveness, it was, Im- it was immediate. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like what you're saying, Nate, it was mm-hmm. that immediate is like, I felt and sensed the freedom, um, in the Lord of God's truth coming into me mm-hmm. and dwelling within me, set me free. And it set me on a completely different trajectory mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. life. You know, early December, 2010 changed my life. Mm-hmm. And it was that instantaneous, not instantaneous. There were a lot of things that happened in the program up until that point, but mm-hmm. that was really when I really came to the Lord and said, Lord, I repent. W- will you forgive me of who I was, mm-hmm. me, just me. No one else was responsible. I was mm-hmm. responsible, Lord. I'm bringing, just like the prodigal son, I'm bringing my filth to you, and I'm asking you to forgive me, and will you put your life into me? Mm-hmm. And it changed mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. You know, it was amazing. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's it was beautiful, but in, it was that's what happened. And mm-hmm. things just, I looked at things differently mm-hmm. and uh, pretty amazing how quickly it happens. Mm-hmm. But it happens when you really take that step of faith and say, okay, Lord, here I am. I'm giving it all to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's actually the opposite of what you think it's going to be. It's mm-hmm. that freedom, that joy. That, yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. That just got me thinking. I got, I was always trying. I had this guilt and this weight and this pressure, and I was always trying to get it off by confessing, confessing Mm -hmm. to my fiance, to my Mm -hmm. pastor, to a friend, just always trying to alleviate, just to do something. Mm. But then that in the program, it's like, I just saw myself and I saw how wretched I was. And it's in that moment, like the father puts the robe Mm -hmm. around his son. Mm -hmm. That's when he clothed me with his righteousness. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I wasn't looking for it that time. I wasn't trying to alleviate the guilt. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I think when we try to atone for our own sins, what we're really trying to do is protect ourselves from God Mm. and not realizing that he wants to be our advocate. Mm He's not trying to kill us. He's mm-hmm. trying to save us. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just a beautiful thing. When you really do surrender, you share in his joy. Mm-hmm. It's not that yeah. we get joy. It's we yeah. get his joy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it is an awesome thing. Mm-hmm. And what is really wonderful, mm-hmm. too, is that we also get to share in the joy of others. Mm-hmm. When they experience that thing that mm-hmm. we've experienced, it's... I don't know. Sometimes it's like you experience it all over again. Mm. Oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, can I share that? Yeah. Yeah. So I just had a, a guy graduate recently. Man, I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah. You said you weren't going to cry. <laughs> yeah. I told you. Um, um, we but, knew better. <laughs> but, um, and you know him. I mean, you know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to mention names or anything, but. Um, had a difficult program and was, I mean, literally very close in his seven, seven and a half months in of a nine-month program being dismissed, and we were just done. Um, but we just kind of bared with him a little bit longer, just said, okay, no one felt comfortable doing that. So we just kind of, I think myself and another counselor, Trey, actually sat in, and something happened, and he just saw who he was before a holy God, and it just mm. wrecked him. 
and and just to see him in my office just undone um, was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing um, that I'll never forget. I mean, just seeing his brokenness before the Lord, and mm-hmm. I go, okay, this is a man who's met with the Lord. This mm-hmm. is a man who understands who he is and wants the Lord. I mean, and is desperate for the Lord. I mean, it just changed. Like, again, just that kind of almost... Within a week, it was like he was a completely different person. Wow. Mm-hmm. And to be able to experience that and be a part of that, not me taking responsibility, but just to watch him um, go to the Lord and just mm-hmm. surrender and submit himself, it was it was amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of have a similar experience. I was um, working with another counselee this past year. And we opened up to um, 2 Corinthians just about how um, the God who spoke light into existence is the same God who speaks light into our hearts today. Mm. And, man, it was like his eyes opened. Mm. I can't really explain it. Mm -hmm. Um, He broke. And it was such a display of God's power. All you could do was just sit and wonder— who is this Jesus? Like who? <laughs> yeah. It makes you mm-hmm. just so in awe. Mm-hmm. Like he can do it for you and now he's doing it for somebody else. Like, but it's the same response. Like, and you know, 12 tissues later and a <laughs> slew of <laughs> confessions. <laughs> Come on. <sir. laughs> you know, it was just. <sighs> yeah. You know, and that we have the, you know, the the Lord who took us, who were sinners, you know, and gives us the opportunity to mm-hmm. to be vessels of His mercy to other yeah. people mm-hmm. and to experience yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 who He is. It just puts His nature on display. That mm-hmm. you know, He takes us who were just mm-hmm. blasphemy, you know, just yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, trampled on his name and use us as a vessel mm-hmm. of mercy to others, and then we get to see that mm-hmm. and experience a, just a little taste of what he must feel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's mm-hmm. what that's what came out for me last week when I was interviewing Jeff and Rose. It just it showed like this. Usually, what happens is when we read a passage like this, we say, "Oh, see, mm-hmm. you know, God's not a god; he wouldn't judge anybody." See, he's he's so kind. See, he's so loving. Or what? If we're not careful, that's what we do. We over exaggerate. But what came out to me when I was when we were talking about Hosea is, wow, that shows you just how evil it is to reject mm-hmm. his love, yeah. mm-hmm. because yeah. he really is mm-hmm. this kind and mm-hmm. this forgiving and this loving, mm-hmm. and to in the end say, I want my sin mm-hmm. more than you. Mm-hmm. Is going to be all of us, you know, when we stand before God, we're all going to see in the light of that day how evil it was to reject the love of God. And there's nothing else left. I mean, if we reject the love of God, what else is there? Mm -hmm. I think with the 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 elder brother in the story of the prodigal son, there's the celebration that's going on, and he's left out of it. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what we have to look forward to if we refuse that is to be left out of the joy and left out of the love and everything that God wants to pour out on us. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the interesting about that is he was, he did everything right. 
Mm. You know, he yeah. didn't go off like the prodigal son. He mm. he did everything the father told him to, and and yet, you know, some sermons that I've heard actually highlight the elder son and not the prodigal and saying, you really need to look at this as a warning because this mm. is, you know, most of us, mm-hmm. you know, we're the Pharisee. We're the one that's saying, I did this mm. for you, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I showed up at church. I served. I tithed. I did this. So, you know, here's my punch my ticket into mm-hmm. heaven, Lord. And he's mm-hmm. going to be like, yeah, that's you totally missed it. Mm-hmm. You know. I had all these things available, right? He said, all yeah, I have is right. yours. And and he totally missed it, mm. which is crazy. One of the things that is a blessing is that God continues to be this way to me. He continues to be a pursuing father mm-hmm. because just because I, with that initial reconciliation, I still see that I need God to be pursuing me because I easily go astray. Yeah, Nate, I, you know, I see how God really um, continues to pursue me and continues to kind of uh, want to sanctify me, I guess would be the word. And, you know, we just had an interaction uh, a few weeks ago where you pulled me aside and, and, and discussed a few things with me. And, Man, it was hard, but I actually walked away from that uh, encouraged right? and having joy in my heart that the Lord loves me so much that he is not going to allow me to stay in self. I, and I didn't even realize it, right? The stuff we were talking about, I didn't even kind of realize that that was going on. Right. Until you brought it to my attention. Had you not brought it to my attention, I would have stayed in some of that stuff. And certainly that could have not had a good impact on the ministry. Right. You know? Um, so I, I feel like, man, the Lord is so merciful in continuing to refine us and pursuing us and saying, okay, next thing, next thing, yeah. next thing, mm-hmm. next thing you know, making me more like yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like when you see yourself in front of him now, it means a lot more. Mm. So that what I'm seeing is that he's bringing me into poverty of spirit. That is the continual mm. pursuit. Um, because there still tends to be a lot of, you know, things that I deal with, like image and self-protection and, you know, not seeing him correctly. It's funny how <laughs> I can be rebuked, but in my mind, rebuke is like a you know a harsh, um, yeah. you know, yeah. voice, and you know, but an it's an attack, yeah, yeah. But it's the softest mm-hmm. of tones. It's it's mercy, and when that comes in and really cuts me. I used to get, you know, frazzled and, you know, have the, the guard up and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. fighting. Those are fighting words, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. you know, now it's like, okay, Lord, like, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you because right. I wasn't going to see that. I didn't know, you know, and so it's like it makes me more poor in spirit, more dependent on him. Mm. And you just want to be like him, you know, when <laughs> oh, yeah. when you see him and yeah. 
you know who you were before and then how you can still be how I can still be it's like Lord I keep pursuing me you know because yeah. left to my own devices it's yeah. still the same you know yeah. like mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and I think the the main point just as we wrap up I think the main point that we want to leave people with is that this idea of the pursuit of God it's not a theological concept it's a spiritual reality God uses the things in our lives to try and get our attention so that we'll return to him. He uses circumstances, confrontations with people, the word of God. There's all kinds of things that he uses, and he's trying to say to us, I want you back. Come home. And you know, his mercy in this process, it can be really hard to see in the moment. He does make the way of sin and rebellion really hard but not because he wants to punish us. It's because he has such a great longing that prodigals would just come to their senses and go back to the Father's house. So I really hope that today, as people have been listening to us, they'll realize that God really is just as merciful as he says he is. We trust that this show has shown you just how deep the Father's love is for those who have gone astray and that it has reinforced the knowledge inside of you that his heart burns with a passionate, fiery love for others. And we pray that this knowledge would melt you, break you, and mold you into his image. That's all for this week. In our next show, we'll take a look at our last picture of mercy, the restoration of a fallen king. We'll see you next time on Purity for Life. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.